Welcome to Creative Biolab Science Channel. As an experienced expert and reliable partner, Creative Biolabs is proficient in lipid-based drug delivery and functional liposome development. With versatile methods, diverse products, superior quality, and fast turnaround, we are confident to provide optimum solutions tailored to boost your R&D projects. Dear friends in the audience, welcome to come back to our channel. Today, Dr. Smith came to our program on time as the sharing guest. There is still a lot of interesting knowledge waiting for us to explore, and I just can't wait to come to the point. Would you say hello to our audience, Dr. Smith? Good evening, everyone. Many thanks to Beth's invitation, and I'm delighted to be here. It's an honor to have this chance and communicate with old and new friends. Well, We've learned that in the process of transfecting plasmid DNA by the liposome method, the activity and stability of the complex formed by DNA and liposome are the primary concerns of researchers. Last Saturday, we talked a lot about the structure of DNA liposome complexes. A lot of research on genosome structure is done to explore the relationship between structure and its activity and stability. This helps researchers to make more efficient genosomes. In previous episodes, we briefly mentioned that there are parameters for the characterization of DNA liposome complexes, or genosomes. Today, we'll dive into the specifics of characterizing a genosome. This is crucial. The first question I would like to ask is, can the way of characterizing the genosomes refer to the way of characterizing liposomes that we have learned before? Certainly. DNA liposome complexes can be characterized in the same way as liposomes. Despite the many new techniques, due to the great heterogeneity of these samples, careful visual inspection remains the most critical observation. It can be done either with the aid of a magnifying glass or light microscope. For in vivo applications, no flocculation or precipitation should be observed. In light microscopy, some large particles up to 10 nanometers in size can almost always be observed. In more turbid samples, the particles can be up to 20 to 50 nanometers in size, depending on the concentration. However, this is normal for colloidal suspensions, and does not seem to interfere with the performance of the sample. You just mentioned that sediments and particles can be directly observed. Then what else needs to be checked visually? Another simple and useful check is sample turbidity. Typically, at a lower lipid concentration, absorbance is measured at 400 nanometers. The value must follow the Lambert-Beer law. In other words, turbidity must be linear with concentration and intersect at zero. If not, the genosome is unstable and useless for applications. In some cases, the turbidity will decrease over time. Therefore, these samples must be carefully examined to determine if this is not due to particle precipitation. Other measurements employed more sophisticated experimental techniques. I see. So, if we want to measure the size of the DNA liposome complexes, what method can be used? Overall, the size of the genosome can be measured by dynamic light scattering. We mentioned before that it is a physical characterization method used to measure the particle size distribution in a solution or suspension. If the system is monodispersed, the mean effective diameter of the particles can be found. This measurement depends on the particle core, surface structure, particle concentration, and ionic species in the medium. However, it should be noted that this method may be less reliable for heterogeneous samples and some larger non-spherical particles.
Suspicion of artifacts can be reduced if Gaussian analysis and bimodal distribution analysis yield similar size distributions. Additionally, the size should not depend on the genosome concentration within the working concentration range. Okay, thanks for your introduction. My next question would be is there any way to characterize the size? Can you please give a simple example? Yes, of course. Another method of characterizing size, I would say, is gel chromatography. This method is also known as molecular sieve chromatography. It is used when a mixture is passed through a gel chromatography column with the mobile phase, in which the components are separated according to their molecular size. However, particles are often difficult to elute in positively charged systems. When we want to suppress electrostatic attraction with high salt, complexes often precipitate and block the column. Heterogeneous samples also reduce the suitability of analytical ultracentrifugation. However, this approach can yield useful data on complex density, size and shape, and molecular weight distribution. The size and shape of the particles can be determined by transmission electron microscopy. Can the surface charge of genosome particles still be measured by zeta potential? That's right. Zeta potential is the electrostatic potential where particles suspended in a liquid are close to the surface. It is caused by particle-particle interactions in colloids. Therefore, it can be used to predict the stability of particle aggregation in colloid systems. However, quantitative predictions are still not available. This is due to the inability of the Poisson-Boltzmann equation to apply to these highly charged state systems and the association of surface-charge-dependent counterions with double layers. Now we have some understanding of the steps of the measurement method of lipid and DNA concentration respective. Does this enlighten the measurement of DNA liposome complex concentration? In fact, the approximate methods and steps are similar. However, within the complex, lipids and DNA must be separated. This can be done easily by Bly-Dyer extraction. The Bly-Dyer lipid extraction method is one of the standard procedures for the separation of lipids based on a solvent system consisting of chloroform, methanol, and water. Thin layer chromatography can separate lipids from DNA, especially when the complexes are bathed in very high concentrations of sodium chloride. If the complex is degraded, how to detect the presence and amount of the degraded product? That's a good question. Actually, thin layer chromatography, especially high-performance liquid chromatography, can reveal degradation products. DNA degradation can be followed by agarose gel electrophoresis. pH, conductance, and hue can be measured using standard laboratory techniques. In one of the previous episodes, you introduced us to various lipids and liposomes that can be characterized by precipitation curves or phase diagrams. Transfection activity can also be drawn on such templates. By analyzing these parameters, can we understand how stable the genosome is in the application? Yes, we can understand it this way. For applications, stability in distilled water, saline, calcium chloride solution, serum, plasma, and whole blood may be important. In addition, more physical chemical studies of these complexes and interactions are expected to emerge. This includes studies of lipid order, surface force device measurements, surface reflectivity, monolayer studies, and others. Interactions between charges can also be tracked with infrared spectrometry and Raman spectrometry. Both techniques are powerful tools for studying the molecular structure and chemical composition.
especially when the charges are on nitrogen and phosphorus atoms. As we've talked a lot about various techniques used in characterization, my last question would be, for the in vivo application of DNA liposome complexes, what parameters are most worthy of attention? When it comes to in vivo applications, pharmacokinetics and biodistribution are very important parameters. Especially, pharmacokinetics can quantitatively study the laws of drug absorption, distribution, metabolism, and excretion in vivo. In the process of innovative drug development, pharmacokinetic research is equally important as pharmacodynamic research and toxicology research. It has become an important part of drug preclinical research and clinical research. However, they are often completely ignored. Okay, so much for our content today. Thanks again to Dr. Smith for his wonderful science popularization. Thanks to our audience for listening. We will keep on updating this podcast series to show you more interesting knowledge on liposomes. See you next week. Thank you. I hope we will see you next time.